So yeah, so you have this workforce that's deluded themselves into thinking that, you know, they're, the fuck's going on here? On one of my settings, in my, one of the settings, (laughs) it was randomly changed. Very strange. In any case, you have have a, I'm telling you, this iOS garage band, it's weird. Like, it does its own thing sometimes. In any case, um, you have this delusional workforce that has convinced themselves that their ticket to, it's like this idea that white is always better than even in, even in current Africa, they really have it's like a self hatred thing. And in fact, did I read a tweet about this today? I did, I did. The concept that, and this is tied to colorism. You know, the lighter you are, the better you are, the, the more value you have. And um, so this is tied to this like workforce thing of we work for the Europeans, and because it's in an office and it's like you're not. You're not out there farming. You're perceived as being the higher class individual or the higher class group of people. Meanwhile, it's like it's, well, it's economic progression that's really the thing. Um, It's not even like the time we're in now where you can do what you want. It's like, it's like, it's literally like there's two options. Either you're going to be in the, owning a farm or a fisherman, which is some of my, my dad's people. So my dad's people are from this, the town of one of the, so Elmina, which is a slave castle, one of the Portuguese town. It was friendly towards the Europeans, um, that particular ethnic group. They were, it's on the coast, they were fishermen. So then, then my, like my grandfather's side, they were up in the hills, so they were farmers and all that, and they owned cattle and so on. So, uh, cocoa and cattle. So, um, so being one of those people, it was perceived at the time as being like lower level. And I guess in that sense, hold on a second. And I guess in phone almost rang there. Um, in that sense, you know, and that's, you know, that was like kind of like the, the reality of that time. But it's about, like I said, it's about economic progression. And often the fisher people, the farmers had more money. So you're kind of looking at it like, okay. (laughs) But this is almost, this is very similar to now, right? Like this is, this is, this is something that's translated across the Atlantic. This is translated across different groups of, this is, this is even more of like a minority thing, right? Well. I would argue that certain ethnic groups, at least from what I what I see and happening in my city, certain ethnic groups dispel a lot of these myths of like, oh, working for the system, you know. I would say people from the Middle East are more inclined to be entrepreneurial and to start businesses and to support each other in those businesses. I would also say the same for like say certain East Asian communities um, especially especially with a certain generation it's like they're they're not necessarily trying to they work within it's like an insular looking thing like they look inward it's insular and 
they achieve like success financially in, in that way. And then other ethnic groups will like try and play the game a bit more. It's like blacks have stumbled into more of a plane of the game because, and I think it's tied to because of the more downtrodden history and nature in North America. It's like, it creates this sort of, we need to prove ourselves more. So, in, and that's good too. Competition is good. I mean, competition is good, but I think when it comes to this internalized, like I'm always shittier or worse, or I need to prove myself, it's kind of like, it maybe it pushes you farther as far as goals and this is just almost more in theory but at the same time as an individual like it's weird it's like growing up I think like when you're um, maybe an introverted person or somebody who has suffered from low self-confidence there's the myth there's like the myth of like wanting to be a people pleaser or wanting to go with the flow. And maybe at times you even... Maybe this is like a, a story you tell yourself. But then when you look at your actual actions, it's like, do you really... Like, I've never really... Followed any particular crowd. You know, almost to a point where it might annoy, annoy people. It's like, I'm not really fucking around with, like... If I don't... If, if something doesn't resonate with me, it doesn't take me long to sort of... Back away from it. Especially people. It's like a it's like a sensing vibes thing. When even that sounds kind of lame. It's more like a. Um, it's like I know you, me and you ain't really would never really be friends outside of this specific circumstance. So therefore, I won't ent- I won't entertain the charade longer than necessary. Um, some people classify that as oh you should you know this is this is part of this is tied to the other rant that I went on about how how seniors perceive internet in many cases about how it creates this antisocial thing and and I think what I just said there is connected to that it's like oh I don't like people certain people therefore I won't deal with them. And therefore, because I focus on the internet more, it makes me anti-social. And it's like, eh, not, not, not really. Just because we've come from a paradigm where we allow ourselves to deal with people. <laughs> you know what I mean? I guess for lack of a better term. Deal, deal with people. That doesn't mean that it's good. That just means that was the paradigm. So therefore, because that was the paradigm, you had no choice. You know? You went with the flow. And I would think that would be almost an, a weakness of the past paradigm. I think the ability to hyper... What would be the term? To really specify who you want to hang out with sorry for burping or for who you want to interact with or engage with that's something that I think with all the fear surrounding it now or the 
the examples, the mainstream examples of it going wrong, whether it's incels, whether it's, you know, terrorism. I don't know if you know terrorism really qualifies in that sense. I think it's like specifically certain, like, like, um, I guess bullies, maybe, I don't know, but let's focus on like specifically like, I guess incels were the last kind of thing that happened in the mainstream. So we can talk about that, but so those are the examples, those are the extreme examples, and those will be the examples used by legacy media to sort of paint the, the digital world with the same brushes. This is dangerous because, and you're kind of like, yeah, okay, bro. Okay there, buddy. You know? <laughs> um, but I, I, I know I was originally talking about something, and then now I'm, I've lost, totally went on a tangent. Um, let me try and backtrack here live and not stop it so I was talking about myself and being you know not going with the flow even though that maybe I was perceived that way going back a bit more okay I gotta stop this and then I'll pick it up <laughs> pick this up again as soon as I stopped recording I remembered it's the insular and in- inward looking thing with some ethnic groups then tied to blacks trying to fit in and trying to go over the top to fit in to society to the extent of losing themselves in the um in that whole kind of hustle if you want to call it hustle then that's tied to the in ghana the office the office workers or the civil servants combined versus the people that worked kind of more laborish jobs that's kind of tied to this current reality of, um, you know, this is a shared experience that I think the blacks in the diaspora have had. It's always this need that in the world that we live in, we will always be substandard. And because of that, we go over the top to collect, supposedly collectively fit in or to impress. Even though the real thing and I know everybody loves to talk about, and I mean, I don't know. Everybody, there's this philosophy of money is evil. Not money is evil. That's foolishness. But um, don't be too focused on money, which I think is true to an extent, especially when you're doing like people. There's a reason why people only work at McDonald's for so long, right? Generally speaking. Because, yeah, it's money, but it's McDonald's. Now, um, what happens down the road is that you eventually... Okay, so let me backtrack. So you don't know why somebody's doing doing things for money. But when it comes to economic... If your economics is in, is in place, it doesn't. What, is, what difference does it make whether someone pats you on the back, right? Like I think that's kind of what I was getting at. Like this idea of trying to impress the system. Um, and it gets reinforced in so many different ways. And there's so many strategies by which to reinforce this. But um, I'm talking about, you know, whether it's through the criminal justice system. Oh, you got to, you know, you're going to get sentenced harder or whatever. Or if it's a, you're in a store and you got to prove that you're not going to be the one that's going to, I don't know, 
jack the store or whatever. <laughs> you know, I'm just using the various stereotypes. I'm playing off of those stereotypes just to sort of drive the point home. Or you're in the office, you gotta stay there longer, or you gotta be doing, you know, you gotta be a little bit more gung-ho or and all this, which is all good in theory. And I guess it speaks to, it kind of presents a sort of a character building scenario. Like, for example, even the, my little bullshit kind of like, you know, side gig thing of delivering flyers. You know, when I, you know how easy, when I look back, and I've actually done some Googling on this topic, it would have been very easy to just dump the flyers, right? Like, it turns out, I guess, that some people do. In my head, I'm like, they're going to, actually, it wasn't even the Googling. I remember walking, like, in the, by the second or third day, I'm like, okay, what are they going to do? Check every single fucking um, mailbox, like, and I think there were some incidents where I may have put one in the 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 no junk mail mailbox and I might have forgotten about some mailboxes and I even I completed the contract like the next day you know what I mean like whatever the supposed deadline was and it's kind of like okay I'm sure they get a bunch of teenagers that don't even do it at all right like I think it's like on the scale of of gung-ho-ism it's like there's clearly going to be people who it's like I think even see and this is this is kind of the example I'm talking about. I didn't want to come off as like the black guy that didn't do it, even though I was going to do it. But I didn't want to come off like that, so I did it, even though there was ways to shortcut it. You know what I mean? And I guess this is this is what I mean. The entrenched sort of a there's an entrenched, regardless of the slavery topic, regardless of the whatever the history, whatever directions the various sub-histories went within blocks within the diaspora it's kind of like there's some overarching themes right like you gotta this is the thing when you get a rat when, when the police roll up on you they're not thinking about oh you were your um your ancestors are west african and never left west africa during slave trade versus you're an african-american versus you're from the caribbean they don't the police don't see that right they just see black and they just see you're getting arrested or whatever. So, you know what I mean? So I think that's kind of the, one of the tying, one of the factors that ties us as blacks globally together. Whether or not you believe black is a construct, a social construct or a construct used to group, group us together by the opposing side who or this other fake kind of distinction of white, even though that doesn't mean anything either, and so on and so forth. And, you know, I think that um, if it's a matter of strength in numbers, I mean, I'll just drop this here quickly. Look at how the Irish were, were sort of brought into the fold of, is it caucasality, you could say? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um... Because it wasn't that long in the back in the history that they weren't perceived as quote-unquote people too, right? So yeah, that's sort of the, that's kind of where my head's at. It's like, you got to be able to look at everything, man. Like, you got to be able to look at every, and I still do, I still believe in general that non-African Americans, there's a certain amount of things that, there's a certain amount of, 
it's like me when I talk about the Confederate flag and how it's kind of like now if I ever go to the South I don't know who's who even though I lived in the South at one point you know what I mean and it didn't feel and again I wasn't in I don't know something like Charlottesville isn't even like it's not a village right um I guess this is what I'm getting at. It's like sometimes you, sometimes what you see, like if you had never been to the South and you saw what was going on on Twitter, you would have a very, like right now, you would really think that the South was fucked, which maybe it is in some scenarios. But again, I lived down there and didn't really feel any kind of horrible, horrible vibes. Um, I mean, we have cowboys in Alberta, you know what I mean? I've never been to Alberta, but um, I guess what I'm saying, what I'm getting at is, what I'm getting at is, I want, I as a black Canadian with roots in West Africa, with immediate roots in West Africa, I'm looking at these issues, Confederate flag, and thinking And actually, let me, let me see if I can tie this other story in. But I'm looking at this this whole incident with the Confederate flag, and I'm thinking, ah, I wish I knew who was who when I go down there again. <laughs> but, I, but there's also the indignities that it represents, the history represents, that's not specific to me. So I can't really be offering... I, I mean, I can say whatever I want. It's my opinion. But it's also, I'm not totally knowledgeable on the emotional baggage attached to it to being black and seeing that then because a lot of the, and also a lot of these monuments were built to just kind of scare blacks into docility and fear and all that but there is a brief story i can get into 2007 or 8 i'm in new brunswick there's some kind of kegger that goes down and these two girls these two girls living off campus they were living in the house so two of the girls who I kind of knew had gone down to Alabama to do one of these like exchanges I think they wanted to build houses or something um so they go down they come back they have this what was it? It was like a homecoming thing. So the, every homecoming, there was like parties all over the the place. Right? Like this is very small town. It's a college town. Drinking is, is prevalent. So anyway, they got this. Oh, it was called a century. That's what it was. It wasn't a kegger. It was a century where you drink one shot of beer every minute to a song or whatever, and then I think you're supposed to drink. Well, it's a century, so it's a hundred. You're supposed to take a hundred shots of beer one shot a minute most people don't make it anyway i go to that and i was just doing my own drinking i wasn't doing the fucking century but at one point there's this like mass kind of like everybody leaves to go do whatever they were at the, oh the football game they went to go watch the actual the football game on homecoming weekend so they go i roam inside and because it was packed i was doing my little cigarette smoking outside for the most part and actually no before they left i remember I'm like, what the fuck is that on the wall? There's a Confederate flag on the wall. There's this other Jamaican dude who was w- way more friendly with these people. And I point to him and I point to the flag and he just kind of shrugs. And I'm like, wow. Everybody leaves. 
And the first thing I do is I go, I grab the flag, take it outside, burn it, set it on fire on the front lawn. Um, one of the boyfriends is like, bro, what the fuck, bro? You know, I'm drunk and shit. I'm like, this flag, man. Now, even see me, even with all that shit I just said about, I don't really get the Confederate flag. When I saw one over 10 years, 11 years ago or whatever, 10, 11 years ago, my reaction was to burn it. Now, someone could say, well, you should have burnt it in their faces. You should have caused the scene and, you know, and all this. And I'm like, you know, you're the soul. Like, it's like you're standing up for something you believe in. But then there's the other realities too, right? Like, it's like being the one or the, one of the few black people in this town. You got to pick your shots on when you take action. Because I've literally fought people over being called a nigger and shit. So I fought people over this. I've called people up for saying it. Because there was always this kind of scenario people get drunk and then say it. I, know, I don't know if anybody who's... If anybody who's black listens to this has experienced that shit where like your white friends or your quote-unquote white friends or your, your quote-unquote friends or their friends and they'll get drunk and they'll say it and then they'll kind of be like, oh, I'm sorry. No, I don't really mean it. And you're kind of like, if I was to swing at everybody... I would be in jail, like period. You know what I mean. And then you you swing at enough people, and you call people out, and then you know they don't really do anything, or you ignore it because you're like, whatever, I'm not in the mood to deal with this. Or sometimes you're pissed off about something else. Somebody says it, then you get pissed off at them. You know what I mean? It's like it's a very tricky thing, and then you're one of the only black people in the town, and you're one of the only black people in the town that's actually like engaging with the town in a different way meaning I worked in local businesses I lived in in uh, buildings that had nothing to do with like the student life I at one point had more of a network of local quote unquote townies who were also um, many of it was drug related and booze related mostly like a lot of drug related shit too so it's kind of like you know I don't know, all that, that, that little babbling on there. I guess the whole point was kind of like, you want to be fist out all the time. And then you realize you're in, you're in a city, you're in a part of the country that's even more, oh, that's going to run out. All right. I'm going to stop this when I get, when it gets to 633 bars, let the music ride out, and then I'll start this again.